Blog Talk Radio. All right. Welcome to this edition of Hustle and Flows. Uh, this is Marcus the Game Changer in the house with Sekou. Uh We got a slamming show for you all tonight. Sekou, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm. Uh, I think I, I'm still on an adrenaline high from that uh, Toronto Boston game. I'm super amped up, <laughs> but ready, ready to talk uh, sports and uh, and music. Absolutely, and this is the right. If you are looking for a great conversation on sports and music, you are in the right place. Um, we're gonna jump right in. Uh, it's been a minute since we've been on, but uh, the NBA playoffs are in full swing right now. Um, and you know my bucks. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to give you some room because uh, you were on record. I, I believe when we spoke, it was probably January, and you were. And I was like, so man, the bucks, man. What do you think? He's like, yeah, right, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. <laughs> you, I was like, best. Yeah. Y'all are crushing teams by eleven, most you know highest uh, percentage. Uh, uh, the point differential, and you were you were not moved. So was this just no. like as you predicted, or did they fail in ways that you you didn't even see coming? Um, I didn't think they were good as their record and all the statistics said they were. Uh, but I also cannot say that I thought they would go out in the second round and a in a gentleman sweep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I will not at all claim to be that prophetic or that smart. Um, when it comes to that. I think the thing that a lot of fans up here were worried about and then people kind of got, you know, the smoke and mirrors of the season and them doing well, kind of people forgot about the impact of Malcolm Brogdon. And yep. he's not a big-name player, but in the Bucks system, he was a highly impactful player. And not having Brogdon um, really – reduced the number of guys that they had on the perimeter who could defend, shoot, and attack. Um, Really, the only guy who could do all three of those that they have is Middleton. Mm -hmm. Um, And so without Rogden, that took away a dimension of their offense. And the other piece of it was they were playing a a three-point-based style of play without really any three-point shooters. Yeah, I mean, like Lopez shot it really well last year. You know, uh, he was in the mid thirties. This year, he was in the upper twenties, uh, percentage wise. And so, that regression. A lot of that mean, was that's like a real fool's thing. gold. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of that was like fool's gold. And when you got into the playoffs, and people really start to dig in on like, oh, we actually don't have to guard him like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not the regular season where teams are just getting off a plane and they're just like, let's get this game in. Um, and you don't have a home court, you don't have travel and all those things. Um, and Miami's a tough matchup. Miami's probably the toughest matchup because they got the one, one of the few dudes in the NBA and Bam Adebayo and Jay Crowder to an extent who can hold their own against Giannis, um, yep. who has his foibles as a lead guy. Um, yep. I... I just a philosophical thing, basketball philosophy thing that I have with having your best player be a poor free throw shooter. Um, and when you get in the, in the NBA, when you get in crunch time in the playoffs and 
if it make more sense to file your dude, I'm gonna send somebody in there just to file him. I mean, it was <laughs> yep. it was my it was the biggest issue I had with Dwight Howard back in the day. Yeah, like he yep. can't be the best player on your team because you can't play him during cards time. Like he's taking too much. Like teams can just file him, and yeah. they got a good chance of winning that possession. <laughs> so, and then this is uh, I can't remember who was writing this. Uh, who's been? I mean, there's been hot takes flying everywhere, but um, you know, equating Giannis to Shaq. I think is is probably the best uh, example of this because of everything you just yeah. said, right? Like he needs a team built around him, but he's got some gaping deficiencies that I don't think he's really going to solve anytime soon. And the stuff that he does, he does Correct. so well, you're almost like, let's not mess this up. And Shaq was able to flourish when he was like, okay, I'm a, a monster down here, but I got Kobe and he's going to handle the rock until I'm right in the position to just destroy you. And so Correct. you can't foul him, you know what I'm saying, because he shoots 80, you know. And so as long as – but he doesn't have that guy, like you said, and I guess Brogdon maybe was that dude who could, who could, um, who could do that. And, I mean, I don't know how they solve this because they – teams are – no team is giving Milwaukee any doing Milwaukee any favors, right? Like they're gonna be like, "Oh, you Correct. wanna get rid of uh, Bledsoe? Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna need every draft pick. You know, like I, I know what right. you're trying to do. You're trying to save a once in a generation talent, and I'm just gonna ask for everything. And so, how how are yep. they gonna do this? I guess you know, there's always one or two stupid GMs, but this whole Chris Paul thing, they're gonna trade for Chris Paul. I was like, that's not gonna happen. They don't have the salary. <laughs> Um, so here, so I've been thinking about this. I actually spent the whole fourth quarter of the Bucks game um, last <laughs> on, night thinking on, about on it. The salary, doing your salary cap projections. Trade I had the trade machine humming, bro. I had the trade machine humming <laughs> so much so that I realized they haven't put next year's salaries in there yet. <laughs> oh man! Okay. I was like, wait a so, minute. Is this what he's supposed to? Then I went to Basketball Reference and looked up the looked up the cap sheet. <laughs> So there is a way out. I don't know exactly if it's perfect, but I think there are a couple of things that are working in their favor as far as the confluence of just need and and certain events. Um, one, I think Brooklyn's desire for a third star, I would pounce if I'm Milwaukee on – the they're just bending to whatever KD and Kyrie want. Mm-hmm. And KD and Kyrie both want a third star. And Chris Middleton is great if he's your third star. If that's if your, third your third best guy. player, yeah. you're yeah. golden. Like, you got the best third option you could ever ask for. <laughs> if he's your second guy, he's going to leave you wanting a little bit more. But yep. if he's your third guy, and those other two guys are KD and Kyrie, he's perfect to play with them. Um, mm-hmm. He's making like 33 mil next year. Like that's a, that's oh, where I would go God. kicking the wait, tires. Wait, 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 wait. He's making yeah. 33 million next year. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Some of these. Contracts, not getting... So this is where <laughs> this is where I'm realizing I'm old because I'm looking. I look at certain contracts and I'm like, that dude's making that much. Like I just I I realized like I became like aware of salary in a certain era. And yeah. that era is gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're still anchored on like, oh, he's, you know, if you're making twenty something, you are yeah. a beast. You're like you're top you're, you're worth like a top tier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's, 40, it's not like forty five. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, John Wall's got like 44 on the books next year, and I'm just like, what? For John Wall? <laughs> so, so yeah, so I think, like, looking at that, like, Karis LeVert intrigues me as a ball handler and a creator. I thought he did some good stuff in the playoffs. Dinwiddie has a good track record. Couple of those two together, Cobbleson and some other stuff, you're probably going to have to bring in some other teams. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to move Middleton and Bledsoe, I think, if they're going to shake up this roster. If they're not going to just run it back, Middleton yeah. and Bledsoe are both going to have to get moved. And I think you're going to have to move Middleton to move Bledsoe. Um, and so I think the thing that they need to be looking to get back is they need to come back out of this with two guys who can handle and play out of the pick and roll with Giannis. They don't use Giannis enough in the pick and roll. Um so I think that's really important is just having two additional guys. And if they can get a, a, a four-man who can space the floor, like in my trade machine deal that worked out, it actually worked. Um, mm-hmm. I had a four-team trade. I know that's impossible to do. Um, with you actual were real take you all in the fourth quarter. A four-team trade on so the trade machine. Just like, yeah, I was, I was trying to entertain myself because they were not entertaining <laughs> me at all. <laughs> but the Bucks wound up getting Kevin Love, uh, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Grant Williams off the Celtics. The Nets got Chris Middleton. The Cavaliers got Bledsoe and Torian Prince, and obviously they were going to get picks um, from both uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And then Boston, just to help with the money, just for showing up, they got Jared Allen. Um, So kind of cleared out. Oh, yeah, kind of cleared out Brooklyn's roster a little bit to create because they got to give up a lot. They had to move a lot of pieces to get the cap space for Middleton to come in. Yeah. Um, and they still got – KD and not want DJ to start anyway. That's why they fired the last coach because he wouldn't start uh, DJ. <laughs> um, yeah, which is Again, insane. if that's what y'all going to be on, let's take advantage of it. So, I mean, it works out. Cleveland gets off of Kevin Love's contract. Boston gets a big man. Um, a, a, a real center that they've been looking for. I mean, Tice is not bad. He, he played well tonight. He's surprising yeah. me more and more and more watching. Um, Milwaukee I, gets Kevin Love. You know that and, Milwaukee. And so that the, Milwaukee team is Hill, Lavert, Dinwiddie, Love, and Giannis. That's the start of yep, five. With Lopez coming off the bench, uh, Matthews Divincenzo still on the roster. So, I mean, I look at it like you can you can do some different things with a group like that. With a group like yeah. that, you can – one, you got spacing and a legit shooter in love who can, you know, his career 37, 36% from three. Um, Levert shot 36 from three last year, so he's pretty solid. But he can handle the ball and create. He's also a little bit younger and still has some upside, as does Dinwiddie, who's gotten better each year. Um, both yeah. of them are about six, 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 five. so you got good size in your backcourt. You need those wings. I mean, that's that's yeah. what they saw. They got exposed with with the wings for Miami. And and if you look at it, like Miami and Boston are just like, yeah, we have like five wings, and they're all six right. five to six eight, and they can all do everything. And so if you don't have yeah. at least three guys that can match them up, we're just gonna find your weak spot and just kill you. So that that Absolutely. does make sense. Yeah, and so you, and again, you have love to space the floor. Love can run pick and roll with either of those guys. 
Giannis can run pick and roll. And what really would be interesting is uh, Giannis as a ball handler would love setting the ball screen, setting the screen for him. And that could be an interesting pick and roll situation. But either way, I tried to find ways you can get Giannis playing more five. Um, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, you have to have fours who can shoot. And so that's where Grant Williams, the kid, the young kid from um, Boston, and then Boston, yeah. uh, Kevin Love come in. So, yeah, I spent the whole quarter thinking about that, man. I actually took a picture yeah. of it and saved it in my phone just in case it happens. I want to be able to put that out there and be like, hey, time stamped it. <laughs> that, that, you need to tweet that out, man. That, that, uh, that I'm, you know, when you play the game, like, who says no? I, right. I don't know who says no to that. I mean, Cleveland is kind of just there for the ride, they're, they're, and they're actually probably excited to get off Love's contract. Exactly. Um, exactly. They get, get off money, I don't, they get off years, you and know that's what? where they're Ainge, at right now. Ainge is like, no, I'm not making Milwaukee better. Sorry. I think that's the one aspect of this that, again, the human element of – Yes, but I just created a team that I don't know if I can beat, right? And that's the yeah. fantasy football. That's yeah. one of my fantasy football rules from back in my fantasy football days was never make a trade to create a team that you can't beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that, right? would be, that would be that because I, I'd be a little concerned if that all gelled, kind of like you said, now all of a sudden Milwaukee might have, might have something, especially if they find one yeah. or two – people on a scrap heap at uh, at the trade deadline now all of a sudden, you know, because what you don't have is a really good shooter. I mean, love, is, love right. is fine, but you don't have that guy that's, like, drawing attention 30 feet out that you really need. I mean, they really needed yeah. Duncan. Yeah. Uh, and there was a, there was a secondary team. move that I thought about, but I just didn't. I, I mean, I, I, obviously you can't. I would need to make the first move and then make the second move. But then trying to get J.J. Redick off of mm. the uh, a guy like Redick out of New Orleans, but I don't know what you'd have to give them. I, I don't really know where they're at as far as their process of what they value, what they're looking to pick up, what they need. But that kind of guy, a guy who can shoot it um, really well, well I think maybe, you're right. Like, that's the other thing. Maybe you could package Coach Buds to New Orleans <laughs> In exchange for JJ, that, hey, that maybe, hey, maybe maybe you could do that would be like creative. that. Yeah, because that's the other yeah, thing. That that is the other piece of it, and I think, but I mean, suppose one supposed is good. Like, there's a lot of guys who you can get. There's a lot worse guys to get out coached by. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, Bud got out coached, but. This team was a lesser version of the team that showed up last year. And again, like I said, I think the regular season made everybody forget about the fact that we lost Malcolm Brogdon and didn't really replace him. Uh, we didn't really replace the skill set at all. And you can't lose somebody that's that impactful and not replace them with something that's reason a reasonable facsimile of what he does. Um, but Bud just didn't make – I mean, Bud did a lot of dumb stuff with his rotations and just not making adjustments. And that's his own doing – but it's still also my question, one of my biggest question marks with this team and why I, I, I have a hard time buying into him is that, one, he hasn't really gotten a team out of the second round until last year. Um, and he is just such a dogmatist with how he wants to play. And if you're going to be doing the same stuff you did all season in the playoffs, you're going to get eaten up by the other good coaches yeah. because yeah. – they're going to take away all the stuff you want, and they're going to leave you with all the stuff you don't want. <laughs> yeah. And yep. 
you know, for the Bucks, there's a big drop off between the stuff that they want to get and the guys they don't want taking shots, and that's where they have to improve the quality of their roster. Is that the guys that teams can force to take shots got to be a little bit better, and you can get away with Connaughton and uh, DiVincenzo and some of those other guys off the bench during the regular season to keep bodies fresh, but in the yep. playoffs you got to lean on your on your best seven. <clears throat> that eight eight man rotation, which ain't where it needs to be. All right, well, yeah. I think the Bucks. Uh, you know, my my dreams of uh, of of getting uh, Giannis to the Knicks is kind of died before it even really began. So I'm not even. I think that candle <laughs> has been fully blown out. So at this point, I just want to make sure he does not end up in Miami. Because um, right. if he goes to Miami. I might have to stop watching basketball. So <laughs> as long as I, I'm really going to be rooting for Milwaukee to make it to the finals next year because then, yeah. then we'll have another another team. It's it's getting to hey. the point now where I have more teams I hate than I like, and uh, it's it's hard. Like today I'm rooting for Toronto, which I don't really love, but it's just I hate the Celtics. So I was like, well, I guess i got to root for Toronto. But if the Celtics right. and the Heat play – I don't know what I'm going to – I was like, I hate both of these teams. So <laughs> tell me, where does for? your heat hate – where does your heat hate originate at? Is it is it 90s laden heat hate or is it LeBron era heat hate? No, no, it's 90s heat hate. I, I quietly rooted for the heat with LeBron, like very quietly. Okay. I, I couldn't – I can respect that. Root for I can them. respect that. That yeah. is like Jeff Van Gundy on the leg of Alonzo yes. Morning. Yes. Tim Hardaway – yeah. P.J. Brown flipping Chris Child. Yeah. Like, my, my despise. Yeah, Dan Marley, my, yeah. My, yeah, I'm with that. And Pat Riley is just always, it will always be just, you know, the the alternate reality that never was, right? Like, the freaking Knicks didn't want to pay him, and then he went to, there. he's I'm going to go to Miami. Like, You're not going to Miami. We're the Knicks. You're not going to, and that, that, like, uh, that, that idiocy, and that thought process lost us, you know, the guy that, you know, has built championships over and over again. And that could have been ours. Right. And I, th- I feel like we've made that same mistake for 20 years since. Like, well, we're New York. So, like, you know. And it's like, no, no. Like, people will leave. You know, in the Heat, we're not much of anything when Pat Riley got no, there. No, they were they not. Were like they were not. Year, four years from being roasted in the playoffs. You know, like, they had guys, but they weren't. I mean, that was Pat Riley. He went to the heat. I was like, right. I couldn't believe it. And we were just like, and he, and I think he's been like thumb in the eye since then. And now he's just like a god among men. I, I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, rumor mill is swirling. I think that I think there's some talk about CP3 to the Sixers that I think is real. And I think if hmm. that happens, if that happens, I think you guys might have a shot at Embiid. <laughs> At the trade deadline, because I don't think him and CP3 are going to work. <laughs> oh, him and CP3 are definitely not going to work. I mean, it's, that's not going to work. If, 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 if who's their GM? Is it Elton Brand still? Yeah, yeah. If he trades for CP, first of all, I don't know how that would happen. But if he were to get, no, they got the contracts. They got the contracts. They have the money. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City is not taking. I mean, they would have to trade. Uh, they have to trade They're, Tobias Harris. He's their big. He's their highest paid player. Oh, Tobias Harris. The, OKC's not yeah. taking Tobias Harris. He's still like three years left on his contract or something like that. But CP3 does too, and CP3 is like thirty-eight. 
Yeah. Good point. So if you got to take the 38 year old who's you're yeah. going to pay 45 mil or 35, 25 year old. Hey, hey, 35. Yeah. Nick, Nick, sir, still in the mix there for CP3. Keep that number as low <laughs> as possible. You know what's bad with like. Uh, I'm going to say this now, and I guarantee you 1,000% it's going to happen. If the Knicks really get into the running with Chris Paul, he will no longer be called 35-year-old Chris Paul. He will be called next April he'll be turning 36-year-old Chris Paul. It never (laughs) fails. The minute the Knicks like somebody, people are trying to put numbers on his age. and I'm just like, come on, man. Can we just (laughs) – can we live – so, right, yeah. right. Uh, 35 year old nice Chris Paul, spry, well rested, feisty still. Come on. Still punching people in the nuts. Still, <laughs> hey, man, when he's on your team, I would take if, if we don't, yeah, if, if OKC comes up off some of these uh, picks they're hoarding, and I, I'm taking Chris Paul if I'm, if I'm uh, Perry or whoever the hell is making decisions for the Knicks right now, just because. Yeah. That's that's the road back to respectability. You know what I mean? I but um, I, I don't I don't know if we're smart enough to actually do that. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I think I, the the talk is that he's gonna wind up in Philly, and if he does, I think it's only a matter of time. I think for Philly that'll be a great thing because they will figure out who to keep, either Embiid or. Ben Simmons because CP3 is going to make them all shape up real fast. <laughs> and whoever don't want to shape up is going to get shipped out. Um, he's going to be the canary in the mine, I think, in Philly. And they, I think Embiid will probably be the first one to buck. <laughs> but we've already done this. That was Jimmy Butler. And I think he pretty much exposed these guys like they're not serious. I'm out. And right. I think CP3 would come in except older and with only two years on his contract, and B's going to be like, yeah, all right, sure, you can yell all you want to. In two years, you're out. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and I don't think that <laughs> if they trade him, first of all, I don't want it for the record, as a Knicks fan, I want no parts of Embiid. I want no parts <laughs> of a dude that the only thing keeping him from being a top three player in the NBA is to get into shape, and he just refuses yeah. to get into shape. Yeah, and that to me is yeah. all I need to know. If you told, you know, any, if you told Russell Westbrook, like, hey man, if you just got into shape, you'd be a top three player. He'd be like, yo, I'm just gonna run hills forever. <laughs> and yet, right. for some reason, Embiid just gets bigger every year. He's like 330 pounds. Like he looks humongous every time he falls down. Yeah. I'm scared. I don't know part of that dude. Yeah. That said, um, you know, the Knicks are gonna have to pick up the phone if they're really talking because. It's Embiid. You got to hope yeah. that maybe even yeah. if we get a year or two, he doesn't turn into uh, Al Harrington in two years. We'll see. Right. That was always my biggest gripe with Melo was that I just felt like he never – and he finally did, but it's like, dude, you're 35 and you decided to get in shape. If you had done this yeah. at 26, you yep. probably wouldn't be looking for a job right now. Yeah. Um, Melo just was like, yo, man, Melo was just a hooper. Like Paul Pierce is the same type of dude. Like I'm just, I just get buckets, man. This is pretty natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just do this. I don't, I don't need to work out. I've never worked out. Like I just do this. I wake up, I do this. So why do I need to work out now? And you know, yeah. But Embiid, yeah, he worries me. He is, he is, he is again. 
at the end of a game, and I don't know if it's NBA play just in general right now, but if your best player on your team is a post, um, unless he's Anthony Davis, who can put it on the deck, I don't know how you really – I haven't seen a coach who has shown me that, like, they can – they know it, know how to get that guy the ball in a place where he can score against a loaded set defense or at least yep. a place where he can create plays. Um, you know, even Denver with Jokic, who's probably the best passing big we've ever seen, um, Murray still has to create at yeah. the end of games. Like, his yeah. his performance against Utah was exactly that. Like, okay, um, Jokic is great, but Murray, let's get this money. Um, so it's just, so a, you, guard, it's yeah. just a wing – it's just a wing league now. Like, don't, like, yes. don't even – you can have a nice big guy, but the wings is where, at least in the playoffs, right? At least in money time, that's what it comes down to. Which I and I yeah, agree. you need yeah, you need guys who can guard those guys. If you ain't got one of those guys, you need a bunch of guys who can guard that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so then, who who, who do you think uh, ends up on top then? Ooh, that is a my daughter asked me that question earlier uh, when I was getting ready for the show, and I was like, you know what, I. I, I don't know how this is going to play out. It's such a different kind of an environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think one of the slept-on aspects of being in this bubble that I think people don't really see is and it's like role players, right? Role players will have big games on their home floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think home court advantage really impacts role players more than it does the stars. Yep. And – I think that is something that you're gonna you're seeing play out is that stars are having more of an impact on these series than I think they traditionally have to. Um, they still have a great impact, but I think you'll get a game or two where a role player plays out of his mind for no other reason other than he slept in his own bed the night before, um, yeah. and then that same guy will be trash when he's on the road, <laughs> um, whether it's a Danny Green or. Yep. You know, whoever you go, you go back through the annals of playoffs. You always find a guy who's just at home during the playoffs, just a killer, yep. um, and 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 his game don't travel. Uh, and I think that has been a different aspect where you've seen less of that and more on the shoulders of some of uh, the studs, the leaders of teams, and guys having to put up really big numbers. Like, I mean, I think Marquise Morris, one of them dudes, one of the Morris dudes. I don't know which one plays for the Lakers. Um, That's he had like a crazy game. Yeah, he had yeah. like a crazy game the other night. But that was really like one of the first like off-brand guys who has stepped up in this playoffs and just gone nuts, um, yeah. you know, for a two or three minute stretch. So that's been different. But I mean, I think the Clippers look like they have it to me. Um, I think their depth and their overall just structure of their team. I think they can deal with everybody. Yeah. Um, I think the Lakers got their hands full, hands full with the Rockets, um, just because the Rockets are such a curveball, playing so small. Um, and I think the Heat and the Celtics. I mean, it's gonna be like the Spider-Man see Spider-Man meme. Yeah. <laughs> if they wind up yeah. playing each other, like it's the yeah. same team, you know. Yep. Um, so that'll be that'll be I think a very interesting series um, if those two teams play to play against each other because they're both are best when they're small. They're both really strong defensive teams. Uh, they both got a ton of wings. 
So I don't know how that one was going to go. Um, but I do think t- uh, Boston will win that Toronto series, um, and then it will be Boston and the Heat, and that's a coin flip to me. Um, you know, I expect both the L.A. teams to play, and I think the Clippers have the edge. And if the Clippers are playing against one of those two teams, again, Boston or um, – if they're playing against Boston, they're looking at, you know, the future version of yeah, – Boston's looking at the future version of future themselves. Future version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And the Heat, the Clippers are looking at the Heat like, you know, the discount version of them, right? The Heat are the yeah. discount version of the Clippers. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would give the edge to the Clippers. How about you? Um, I'm actually watching Rondo play yesterday – really gave me these, like, 2010 vibes, where it's like (laughs) Rondo has the ability to just make your star's life easier so that they can, like, just focus on doing what they need to do. And that was, like, the biggest thing. I felt like AD and uh, LeBron were doing just doing so much that they just didn't have enough to kind of carry you know, to do all the all the adjustment they need to. Like, again, it's going to be on them. But now with Rondo, it's almost like, oh, I'm going to take the ball up. I'm going to get everyone set up. I'm going to, you know, do all of, like, the barking to the other team. I'm going to be, like, nitpicky, getting little steals here and there. Like, and y'all can just focus on my guy, how, you know, where I need to be, where I need to cut, all that kind of stuff, especially AD. AD is, he looks a little lost out there. And I think with Rondo, it's like AD's like, oh, okay, good. I'm going to have somebody that's going to get me right where I need to be. So I'm kind of back on the Lakers. I, 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 I feel like a Lakers-Celtics finals is coming, which mm. um, the, the, and the reason I, I, I'm out on the Clippers is my Paul George, my faith in Paul George is, yeah. is not where it needs to be. I was like, Kawhi can, Kawhi's a man. And if it was Kawhi and whoever else, who do they trade to get, like, Gallinari, you know, whatever, whatever you know, the right. collection of people they pay, then I'd be like, you know what, Clippers might win. But they pretty much said it on, like, PG, you have to carry the load as the second superstar. And I don't, I don't know if he's ready. And so I would give the Lakers the nod, actually, with Rondo. Assuming Rondo is, is full playoff Rondo. And then um, with the Heat, they're good, but I think they got a couple of guys that are not ready for the Eastern Conference Final the way, like, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Like, those guys are ready. Like, they've they've been there and been shunned, and they're like, nah, bump this. And Miami's kind of, like, found money. They're like, no one thought we'd be here. We're good. But I think, like, Duncan Robinson and Hero are going to realize, like, oh, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, like, they're going to manhandle us. Like, we ain't going to be just floating around <laughs> shooting threes. Like, we are going to be grab-pulled. They're going to be doing flopping everywhere. Like, it's going to be a mess. And I think that's going to disrupt things. And they just have more talent. So I think we're looking at a Lakers-Celtics uh, finals. And it, and I, I'm, I can't pick the winner because who knows who might go down between now and then. But I'm kind of still leaning LeBron. Until he proves me wrong. Yeah, yeah, that, that's always a tough thing too. Is betting against Bron um, when he's got when he's got a good when he's got a decent roster when he's got a shot when he's in it. There's never yeah. been a time when he's been in it and he ain't gotten there. Yeah. Um, the Paul your Paul George uh, 
But Paul, so I appreciate Paul George for coming out and talking about his mental health. Yeah. I don't appreciate the fact that he blamed it on the bubble. Yeah. Paul yeah. George should have been honest and said, actually, I was having a little bit of a tough time in the in the Maverick series because the girl I cheated on is marrying <laughs> yeah. a dude on the other team, and her daddy is my coach. I was like, and that was just a little bit too much to take in all at once. And why? My thing is like, why? Why is there just this like, uh, you know, almost like the no one will say this on air. Like it is forbidden to discuss this. I was like, this is the craziest story. Every time I rehear yes. it, I'm like, oh my god, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about exactly. that. Exactly. Like I had forgot about it, and then I saw a tweet about it, and I was like. Oh, that explains everything. Like it just—I just totally got it at that point. He's gonna suck all series. Why? Because yeah. all it is. <laughs> yeah, it was the same thing with LeBron in Dallas, right? It was like yeah, that is hard to shake because you know dudes are saying all kinds of crazy things on the court, yeah. right? You know, like they're coming yeah. at you and you're just like, oh man, how you shake that off is hard. So yeah, I—I I, I too was like, okay, we're and no one—we're not gonna say anything about okay. Right, we just even, gonna let him even, blame it on the bubble. Everybody else is in TNT, the bubble too. Yeah, I was like, Chuck's gonna say something. Chuck, Chuck ain't going. <laughs> and Chuck was just like, mm, oh yeah, well, you know, PG got. It. I was like, okay, all right. A, mon- a memo must have come on down from high. Like we are not talking yeah. about this. This is not <laughs> the story we want to highlight right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see. A, a Lakers Celtics obviously would be fun, but um. I don't know. I don't have a rooting interest, really, because all these teams have some. I guess I kind of root for LeBron a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want LeBron to win in the bubble. I just don't want to hear it. It doesn't count. I just don't want to do all this relitigation. Oh, I see. Um, Like, I'm not trying to, like, this this is because everybody, it's an asterisk. It wasn't an asterisk uh, a week ago. We weren't talking about an asterisk a week ago. LeBron wins, now it's an asterisk. I'm not trying to hit. I just don't want to go through the litigation, the relitigation of his legacy for for through the winter, I guess. I was going to say summer, but it's going to be yeah. winter as the offseason. The two, the two months of, of the offseason. I feel like this might yeah. be his last legit shot. I, I, I feel as if, like, I don't know if he's going to make it back here again. Yeah. And so he sounds like, man, I, come on, just do this thing, man. Just get that third one, yeah. And, yeah. you know. I mean, get that fourth one and be like three different teams. Right. I, I, you know, Lakers fans will have to reluctantly claim him because he brought him a chip. Yep. <laughs> They'll have to embrace him. And then, you know, whatever happens after that is found money. So. Yep. Well, let's talk about some of these albums. we got a lot of good oh. stuff coming out in the summer. Um. You know, we got a, a pretty good list of, of joints to talk about. So let's start with uh let's start with Nas's King's Disease, which dropped a couple of weeks ago. Um yeah. what were your thoughts on your first listens of the album? Um honestly somewhat underwhelmed. Um it was perfectly fine songs, like it was it was you know, nothing terrible. I, I, there weren't any songs where I was like, "What was he thinking?" But nothing inspiring. Nothing that made me say like, "Oh man, 
this is it. This this has to go on my 2020 top, you know, list. When I go for my run, I need to play that XYZ, you know, track. And it had not a single one on there. Like, I think there were maybe, like, three or four that I liked. I was like, this is a good listen to, but this was, like, doing my laundry music. I was like, man, a Nas album that's, like, I'm going to put it on in the background and fold clothes? Like, that. that's that's disappointing. So that was my, and that remains my thing, because I've listened to it. I've forced myself to listen to it multiple times, and it, it hasn't gotten any better. That's interesting. I was I'm surprised by that take from you. Um, I I thought you loved. I it. thought your New York allegiance. I thought your New York. Oh. No, I, actually I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought I thought that I thought that New York nostalgia was going to take over, and you were going to be like, yeah, this was because I was I was I was actually wondering and very intrigued by where you would land on this because I was also very underwhelmed. Like you get into it, first track is good, blue band hits, and I'm like. Okay, yeah. This is yeah, this is yeah. this is like what this album is gonna be like. Like mm-hmm. it was dark, heavy bass, but like it was like that old school Nas, but updated. Um and I was yep. like, Okay, I can rock with this and then that it was not like that at all again. <laughs> yeah, it fell off a cliff. You're right. The first three or four Yeah. I even I even rolled with car eighty five. I was like, Oh, this this all right, yeah. this is all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and by by the back end, I was like, "Oh, there's another one. How many more we got left? Oh, okay, three more. Yeah. All right, let me." <clears throat> and I, and I, think I think it the... took a turn, and instead of more like more joints like blue blue bends, you got more joints like Car Eighty Five, and that's the knobs yeah. I like the least. It's yep. like the poppy, and I want to say like it's Hit Boy, so it's not super poppy, but yeah. just like very mainstream, very like now. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a hard dance for vets to do, like updating their sound, but still sounding like, like still finding a sound that like enriches their voice. And I just yeah. felt like a lot of this was too synthy, um, you know, not enough like a, 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 those, like you can take dusty samples and make them 2020. You know what I mean? Like you yep. can do that, um, and I just don't think I just don't think there was enough of that, and that's what I was hoping. Like that's what when I think about Nas in 2020, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear Illmatic, but I want to hear something where I can feel the lineage from Illmatic, and this yeah. just felt like Nas trying to make an album in 2020. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like I don't know. I was uh, I was uh, like Ultra Black came out and I was like, okay, this is his, mm-hmm. this is his like single song. And if mm-hmm. this is his single song, it was actually solid. And I was like, okay, he yeah. didn't go like, so maybe like the, the, the album is going to be like a little bit more like, eh, if this is yeah. like his single song, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't. There was the, the firm joint, the, the full circle with the firm. I just quite, I didn't I like Foxy's verse was just like, is she, like all of the guys talked about relationships in that joint. Yeah, it and, was a little weird. And then Foxy came in and was just like battle rapping. Battle rapping. I was like, like, "Did y'all see what, here? Listen to each other's verses before you went in there." You're like, "Oh, what you gonna rap about? What you gonna rap about?" All of them should have been doing what Foxy was doing. Honestly, I mean, that's, I yes. think Foxy's the only one that when was you like, "Think about a firm reunion." Like that's what I want to hear. What are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> we popped yeah, it like, off. I don't want to hear y'all like. 
I don't know, man. I don't want to y'all like waxing, you know, waxing poetic about relationships, and when it's supposed to be a reunion track, like get after it. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear about how y'all are great, and everyone else has just been chasing y'all, and you know, all that stuff. Um, yes. I, I wonder if um, Hit Boy was the wrong guy to team up with. And the reason I say that is because I thought I, I couldn't help but think about four four four, right? How Jay, you know, kind of makes this album that we're like, oh, this this is like the album Jay Z should be making. This is exactly the right. kind of music. But I think it took somebody that had been producing music at you know was a contemporary of Jay Z, so he could be like, I know what tracks to send this dude to get him where he needs to be. And I don't know if, if Hip Boy either just had a different vision or what have you, but it seemed like the the matching wasn't where it needed to be for this. And so I, I, it's an unfortunate swing and a miss because it's a whole album. Um, and I like the idea of, like, one producer keeps, like, the artist focused. It has a consistent sound. And this one just didn't didn't do it for me. So maybe it's just the wrong... Uh, you know, so I want Nas to do it again. I mean, quietly, I I like Nasir better than this. And people right. talk about Nasir like it's awful. And I was like, ah, there's at least two tracks on Nasir that I love. I still listen to. <laughs> you know this? Right. I can guarantee you I might listen to Blue Benz, maybe. But, you know, that comes on and I'm at the picnic. I'm not getting out my chair and putting my plate down. So I can I can bop to it like that. That's not happening. So, right, <laughs> not a joint, not a joint, yeah. not a one, yeah. not yeah, which is not crazy. One. Oh. I know, I know, I know. Um, so yeah, that, that I, I just kind of was like, uh, um, with the Nas one, um, yeah. So yeah, I, not not high marks from either of us, I guess. Um, moving along. Um, Run the Jewels, RTJ4, uh, that dropped. And this one, I think, stuck with me um, just because I think it was, like, you you have those moments every now and again where an album drops and everything that's going on in the world, it is exactly the music that should be being (laughs) played during that time. For your life, yes. And so, like, RTJ4 was definitely, you know, that soundtrack for just a super volatile time in every black community across the any, – any urban black community across the country. And I'm sure even out in the boondocks, uh, black folks was, was, was through with it. Um, you know, from walking in the snow to E.T. versus Goonies uh, to the Yankee and the Brave. I mean, just so many joints on there just had that energy. Um, and just like, you know, I, I I won't say it because I think it's a little bit blasphemous, um, but I think, again, it, 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 it falls in that lineage um, of that Bomb Squad S production where it is just so much going on that it just feels like it, like there's a riot. There's like you're listening to the sound of a riot <laughs> at yeah. times with the way yeah. LP puts, puts his beats together. There's just so much going on, and 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 it, and it is there is a frenetic energy to it 
in the way that the bomb squad would create that kind of frenetic energy with PE tracks back in the day. Um, and him and Mike, the way they just bounce all over it, um, it, 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 it was super enjoyable and just super grounding and super relevant and just so much of it was just on point and, and connected with everything that was going on at that time. So that one is, is up on my list of ones I still go back to yeah. because every now and again I need to pull from that Zeke guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with work kicking back up, I need to get back into that mode of, of just mm-hmm. like that, that balling that up and having something that connects me right back to that energy. Um, that album is doing that for me. So, No, uh, 100%. I'll add, yeah, so Yankee and the Brave, that's like, that was like just my, I, I'm just putting this in, and this is how I'm going through my day. Like, this is how I was going to escape just the madness that seems to be going on in the world, right? Because this was June, May, June? Yeah. I think it, it came June. out in June, right? It was June. It was yeah. June. And um, so two things stand out. One, all the stuff you said is right. It's the perfect length. It's got that frenetic uh, soundscape. Just Bomb Squad, I think, is, is is pretty accurate. There were times I was listening to this that I kind of probably was hearkening back to like days of like listening to a PE album where you're like, I don't quite know when a song ends and a new song begins and, you know, is this a song? <laughs> yeah. Is this an interlude? Like, I have no idea what I, what might come next. And there's something really uh, refreshing about that because um, it tied in. It was all connected, but it, it had some really jarring kind of transitions. So th- these guys are just, they're artists. That's why I was like, you, you can see immediately like, oh, these are rap artists. They know how to make a finished product. It's amazing. The other thing is, I don't know if do you watch um, Ozark. Yes. So I was behind. I was for a long time. I'm caught up now, but I was behind. I was too. Like I jumped on it when quarantine hit. Okay. Like, I, was, so I, I was like Ozark. Everybody's talking about it. I jumped in from season one, watched it all the way through. So okay. yeah, so I've seen like season one. And season two, but I the, the the last season I was way behind. I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this. And so things were kind of going crazy. Um, and uh, so the end of the semester, I was like, I'm finally going to sit down and watch Ozark. So it was like July by the time I was able to actually dig into this third season. And so the final scene in the final uh, episode has Ooh La La kind of comes on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the perfect song for this. And you (laughs) you think about how crazy Ozark is, and you're like, oh, these guys have just kind of put it in and the sample everything. So that was like a testament to me that was like one of the best shows on TV is like, how are we going to just end us? Oh, we're going to end it with a track from Run the Jewels 4. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's just the cosign you need. So I – I appreciate it. I thought all the features on it were really good. They bring out the best in other people. Even Two Chains kind of was, even he felt like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to really rapidly rap on this. I can't just, right, you know, drone my way through this because I'm gonna look awful. So even he kind of came out and had to spit a couple, a little bit. And so, yeah, this this was one of my favorites. And it, it dropped, and like nothing came behind it, as far as albums right. are concerned. So it kind of owned. Yes a good long two months before, you know, there were singles and stuff, and, like, Beyonce did her thing, but 
for a rap perspective, Run the Jewels kind of dropped and, and kind of had its own lane for quite some time. Yes, yes. They even, they even uh, dusted off old Gangsta Boo and got her out there on the track. Yeah. <laughs> they like, I mean, where it, have you been? It, it, when you use your features appropriately, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there's a skill to that um, that goes somewhat un- overlooked. Um, is, is appropriately picking and using your features. That's one thing, again, not to harp on the Nas thing. I just felt like Nas didn't really do a great job with that. Like, I saw he had Brucey e. B on the track. And I'm like, okay, yeah. how did he use Brucey? E? And he just really, I mean, it was just like, okay. Brucey e. B, my, that could have been anybody. <laughs> exactly. No one is going to know that's Brucey e. B unless they're like, that's somebody. But it's not clear who it was. Um, yeah. Anderson Pack on the Nas, you knew. But then I was like, this is a good Anderson Pack track. I almost wish it was his rather than yeah. Nas coming on there. Yeah. So um, then we get to, uh, I think, what was next to drop. So RTJ dropped earlier. Then we kind of had a little bit of a break. Pop Smoke. Um, yeah. So I think Pop Smoke was the next one to hit. Um, and obviously, you know, with his untimely demise and him passing away and everything, or, you know, that whole situation. Um, so this one was a surprise to me. Like, I'm, I'm aware of Brooklyn Drill Music. And, mm-hmm. like, I know he's kind of at one of the guys who's at the forefront of, of that scene. Um, and, it, it, you know, it has some very, very, like, formulaic elements, like, that that make it a thing. Um, yeah. And so, like, I was interested to see, like, so what, what will, a, what will a, a Brooklyn Drill album actually sound like? Um, mm-hmm. And so Pop Smoke was kind of my my entree into that world. Um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised um, and actually enjoyed the album where it got multiple spins for a little bit for me before I put it down. Um, mm. And I think it is, for me, it had the essence of like a, a late 2000s, I'm sorry, early 2000s, late 90s kind of a rap album, the way it was put yeah. together. Um, in that you could see, like, he had, like, certain types of songs, you know, like, this is the radio song, this is, like, the Brooklyn Drill song, this is the posse cut, this is the, you know, big feature song, this is the, you know, and you could just kind of feel that vibe going through it. And so that was really familiar to me. And so uh, I connected with it on that level. And just kind of having that that familiarity with that structure of an album, um, but I thought as an MC he held his own. I, I thought it would would have been a really good first album, um, even though I didn't quite like the title of the album. Shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, the, the problem is you're you're not under the influence. And so <laughs> you're looking at this way too logically. Um, you have right. to relax your mind a little bit. And then you're like, oh, oh, I get it. It's like Raekwon. You know, you're just like, yo, no, I'll shoot for the stars and aim for the moon. Oh, aim for the moon. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, probably the biggest surprise on the album for me was 50's first. Um when, when oh, I loved, I, yeah, like I, I appreciated 50's verse. I haven't appreciated the verse from 50 in a minute, and 
um, I enjoyed his verse, and that was probably like the biggest surprise. I was like, oh, fifty because like I wasn't looking at the, I was just, I was working out and listening to it, and it came on, and then Fifty jumped on the track, and I was like, is that? That's not like Fifty. Is that Fifty? Oh, he's he's kind of all right. He's kind of riding with it, you know. So yeah. um, that was one of my big surprises. But I, I I just enjoyed it. I think it's, it's unfortunate that we don't get to see the evolution of Pop Smoke as an artist. Um, but if he, I think this is a good like first like major project though a really good first major project. Yeah, I mean, so I I won't go too far. For me, this is like uh, this is home team. This is like okay, what the borough is is moving in a different direction. Um, but Brooklyn is still Brooklyn, so I'm always like, well, I'm in. You know, like Bobby Schmurda. I was like, I I'm in. I this my loyalties are absolute when it comes to Brooklyn. So. I was going to try, and I was going to listen to this album until I found something I loved. And I, it didn't take long, right? I was like, oh, okay. And I had, heard, I had heard singles from here every now and again, and people were like, oh, he's good. And then when he passed, obviously people played a lot of his music. And I was like, okay, I think the dude could spit, but I have no idea if he could put an album together. And, um, you know, I don't know how the, you know how much was done posthumously, how much was done before, but it, it is obvious that somebody that knows what they're doing was in charge of putting this album together. And so whether or not this was with him or this was kind of done in memory of him, you know, kind of kudos to them. But yeah, this is, there's at least two or three in my running playlist where I'm like, all right, I got to get, and that 50 is, you're exactly right. I was kind of like, Oh, he got rejuvenated. Like he knew I can't half step on this because I will look bad to a whole new generation of New Yorkers, and, you know, I'm, when Flex drops the bomb, I don't want him to skip my verse because it's weak. Like, I, I have to really come through. So um, all those things, you know, RIP, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to claim I was a huge fan, but I was like, I'm, I support. But now it's like the second young dude from Brooklyn who is not around because cause of that life, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, I think, you know, guys got to figure out, I mean, yeah, we just got to do a little bit better as a community, yeah, man. As, a, as a whole. We got to do a little bit better. Yeah. Um, next up is Dave East. So Dave East, number three. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a, like, I respect, so Dave East falls into that, that rapper category where I respect his skill set. I think he's a good rapper. I'm not a big fan of his music. Um, like I've tried, even with Karma Three when it came out, I listened to it, and it's just like, eh. I mean, it's, it, it has its moments. I just couldn't get into it, and again, it didn't have any tracks for me that are like, yo, I gotta throw this on the workout mix. Like this gotta be on the weightlifting mix. Um, yep. There was nothing really that I was like, I gotta hear this. I, I need to hear this to get me keep me going. Um, he had some good songs. Um, like he had some solid songs, but none just kind of none connected with me. Same, <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I'm I'm obliged again because people keep tab- tabbing him as like, this is the new New York sound. This is like the new up and coming guy. Um, you know, you can blame this on maybe I'm starting to age out on some of these things. I mean. My dude from Uptown and how like they still swear by him, right? Here's where like the the New York 
uh, regional, tribal kind of thing comes out. Yeah. Where it's like, yo, I'll ride hard yeah. for anybody from Brooklyn. And if you're not from Brooklyn, I'm like, ah, mm, he's all right. You know, and so it's a little yeah. bit of that with Dave yeah. East. He's really good. He's had some features where I've been like, oh, man, Dave East is a beast. But he's a little too inconsistent right. for me personally. Yes. And uh, I could not really make it through this album. I'm just gonna, I was just like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I think I got the gist. He's he's right. fine. I'm but I'm good. I'm good. A lot of a lot of what the youngest call struggle bars. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I get it, man. You grew up in the projects, man. I feel you on that. I did too. So yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, I just felt like I just felt like the yeah. He just didn't flex enough for me to be like I need to just hear everything that this dude is doing. Like you know, with a new guy like this too. Like if I'm coming in and this is their third album and I'm just trying to like get a get a feel for them, I'll run. If they if it's good, I'll run back and be like, well, let me see what they was doing before this. But I just yeah. I'm not. There's something about his voice too and his cadence um, that doesn't really hit me. Um, like I don't know. At, at least so I feel I'm, like it doesn't match up with the soundscapes that he's on. Like yeah, he, I don't so feel I'm, like he on this. He found a good marriage of like the right kind of beat to match, again, to make his voice stand out. So I'll say this, too. Um, so a summer, it's hard to judge a summer rap album when you have literally not been outside of your house <laughs> in a group listening that to music. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, that is there's true. atmosphere. I'm sure there are tons of songs, especially, you know, summer songs that I was like, I, I like this song because there was a hot summer in July when we were out. And this song came on, and we had a good time. Now I have a nostalgic tie to this track. or this, You know, oh, it's got a vibe. And I've been in the place where the whole place I'm at is, is, is riding off this vibe, and that'll change how I feel about certain types of music. And uh, and I think we had this conversation, like, it wasn't really until I went to Miami, and we went to, like, the club in Miami, and they started playing, you know, like, Migos, and then I was like, Oh, this is a vibe. Like yes. this is a vibe. Like if you listen to Migos and you've never really listened to them at a spot when you know everyone is just trying to, you know, everyone's just vibing on it. It, it you it won't hit you the right way. And so I think yeah. there is. This is a weird summer because I'm listening to this by myself all the time. I have not listened to a rap album with a single other person <laughs> for months. And that's just not the way I think this whole art form is to be consumed. So I will give I will give a little bit of that because I'm sure if I was in New York this summer, I'm sure one or two of these things would have would have hit me in a different way. But it just wasn't happening for me in 2020. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, no, I agree. That is that is a phenomenon. I remember the first time I heard uh, Mo Bamba. Um, I was mm-hmm. in a gym full of high school kids, and <laughs> again, when everybody starts singing the song, you. Okay, I could, I could give with his energy. Yes, <laughs> it's not a song energy. that I listen to any other exactly any, any, at all. But it just same thing with little babies drip too hard. Like yes, uh, you know, pregame warm up it comes on and the kids in the crowd go crazy and I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I see why y'all like this. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. yeah. You know, you kind of and it's just you have to be in that moment, man. You just have to be in that moment. Yep. Um, so then we got the locks. Lox coming back with a with a uh, album that dropped a week or two ago. Yep. 
Yeah, so, and I thought this was real solid. Um, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, it was the locks, doing the locks. You know, I had, and it's funny because earlier in the summer, I had went on a real Styles P kick, and I was just like, man, I haven't really dug into Styles P in a minute. And Styles is one of my favorite rappers, you know, uh, from back in the day. And so I was like, let me just go see what he's been up to the last 10 years. Mm. (laughs) And so, like, I just went through Spotify and all of his stuff from, like, the last, you know, nine, ten years. Um, and it was it was solid styles. Um, I just felt like he was just trying to find the home sound-wise. And yep. I felt like there were some joints on this where they got that, like, dirty piano lock style going a couple of times. And I just, that's where, like, and then just blackout. Like, like get you a, a, a very... Low key beat, and yep. then just black out, and and so they had a couple of moments and a couple of joints on this that I really dug. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. Styles P is one of my favorites, but he he needs other people. He's yes. not good when he's just left to to his own devices. He needs some on a hook or somebody doing ad libs. He just needs help. Um, yeah, I, lo- I yeah. love Styles P with no hook. Like, if I could just get in his ear and be like, "Dude, just don't, don't, don't try to do that. Just don't even, don't try to do that. Just rap, take a break, let the beat breathe, and then rap again." I would love it yeah. if you just did that over and over and over. Yeah. So since since I listened to this album, uh, the Bout Shit track with DMX is probably in my number one spot. Since I had this album Like the The energy On that Can get me through Just about anything And that They, yeah. they really captured That early Rough Riders Kind of vibe. Even DMX You know Hearing him I was like Oh That's right DMX This is after You know The, the verses So I've Kind of been Dipping back Into the DMX stash And to hear him On something Now with that same kind of like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm playing this very loudly, again, by myself, but I'm playing this very loudly in my car when I go pick up my kids, and that's fine. This, that's just, you know, the neighbors are now going to know um, that y'all ain't about shit. So that, that <laughs> track alone made, made the album a win for me. And then, yeah, they've got like four or five others that are great. There's, there's some misses on here, some songs I could for sure never yeah. listen to again. But and there um, always are with the locks album though. They're always yeah, just like hey, yeah. y'all shouldn't have done that. And I don't know and why. It's honestly I'm always the, the 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 track for the ladies. I was like, I yep. why why are y'all still making these songs? <laughs> y'all don't, y'all don't Joel and B pulling up for that three. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, dude, why are you doing that? Like why? Like I get that you think you can do that, but and yeah. somebody told you you can do that, but you can do you do other things way better. Just keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that those those aside, um, I love even the T Pain track, which when it started, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh boy, this this I don't know where this is headed. But then you realize like, oh, it's T Pain. Like it's always gonna bang. You know, like T Pain is just a gift musician. He like is. he's like, oh, I'm not gonna make he a is. bad song. You know, you might yeah. hate that you heard it because you can't get it out your brain. But so even on that, I was like, that's that's a combo I wouldn't have expected to work, and that worked well. Um, so yeah, yeah. living off experience, I, I, I appreciate it. It'll probably end up 
something that I listen to for the rest of this year. Well, we'll see what else we got coming dropping this year. But this one made me appreciate the vets getting back for one last go around. I'm with you on that. Now this next one I say because this one I'm 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 all in on this one. Big Sean Detroit too. Um, yeah. Again, Big Sean quietly has just kept climbing and climbing up on a list of guys who I just when they put something out, I got to just consume it. Um, right now, Big Sean, Anderson Pot, um, you know, Pusha, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Right now, guys like that. When they, when they, if I see they came out with something new, you love. Don't forget comments. <laughs> you love. You love your, your comment track. You got a new one with John Legend. I think you should check out. It's great. Sounds like the last one with John Legend. It's about it's about freedom <laughs> or something. It's, it's really hot though. Right. <laughs> you know they shot it on the Edmund Pettis. <laughs> Yeah, nah, um, but Big Sean, I mean, I'm, I, he is just somebody that really resonates with me right now. And this album, I mean, it's pretty close to front to back for me, where it's just like, you know, I was actually, you know, me and my wife did a getaway weekend last weekend, and that's when it dropped. And we went on a couple of hikes, and I was going through it, and, you know, she was asking me what I want to listen to. I told her, and, you know, she, couple minutes in, you know, 20, 30 minutes in, she's like, how, how is it so far? And I was like, man, he's seven for seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, I'm just, I'm into it. I mean, from beginning to end, again, it's the 2088 joint, I get why it's there. I know he has to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the other one he has with uh, Janine Iko and Ty Dolla Sign. It, yeah. Those are those are they're still good songs. They're just not my thing. Um, yep. I, I actually do really enjoy Ty Dolla Sign when he's on most things. Um, you know, I just like his voice and the way he he does what he does his thing. But I still like them. Like I can still listen to them um, yep. in the right setting. Right. Those are ones that if I heard those someplace else with vibe and the vibe is appropriate and everything, like those would be songs that I'm like, I can connect with. Everything sure. else is just like the stuff I live by, like that album is, is my soundtrack right now. And it'll probably be that way for a good month or two, three, until something else knocks it out of the box. But that is at the top of my rotation right now. Interesting. So I, I, I was impressed. Um, I probably only listened to this front to back twice, but to your point, I didn't skip anything. Um, yeah. The time in that, that, that one, Tested, tested me, but uh, yeah. I stayed with it. It also helped that I was on a run, and I was like, man, I'm not fiddling with these controls. I'm just trying to focus on keeping right. one foot in front of the other. But, um, you know, that, that Detroit sound is important. And, you know, the more, you know, you realize, like, Eminem is kind of out. We got Royce, but Royce is, you know, like, these these, these guys are kind of, Far, far, pretty far along in their careers, who who is going to be the guy that carries the banner? And right. I love that Big Sean has just decided, like, no, I'm I'm going to use this sound. That's, this, this is going to be how my music goes. You know, even if I have Kanye as my co-star, like, I'm not making Kanye albums. I'm making Detroit rap albums. I'm making Dilla, Slum Villagey albums, you know, yeah. and... Yeah. Those are all, I'll always be like, yeah, man, you got it. As a lyricist, he 
he cares, he tries, and he's just continuing to get better. Um, yeah. The best way I could describe it is, like, he raps with the vigor that I wish Drake rapped with. I think Drake might be a more talented wordsmith, like, if he really applied himself, but we'll never know because all of his albums are half terrible things. Um, sorry, yeah. half emo. I shouldn't say <laughs> terrible things, but I am. It, they're terrible. And then Sean is like, yo, I have, I have that, obviously, that kind of flow, right, that came up in the same with the same wave, but um, he's rapping the whole time. And he's, 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 I think, got enough depth that his songs aren't monotonous and he's honest and earnest. All the, all the things that I always equate with Detroit rappers, like they're just, they're a blank, you know, they're, they're transparent. They're like, I'm not going to rap about nonsense. I'm going to rap about like, yo, I was on my girlfriend's couch, you know, and then I got this and my pops be telling me stuff and he's, kind of smart but he's also kind of crazy but you know this is my pop right. but, you know like <laughs> that kind of stuff is like really like relatable and so i'm like oh man so I, I always listen to his albums like i'm a fan in the sense of like i really do feel like i know him from his music and that to me is always the highest compliment when someone can listen to music and feel like man i feel like i know you more i know you better i think that's the most confident and that's how i felt listening to uh listening to big sean in detroit too is is i think Probably, I don't know if it's his best. It's it's up there though. It's up there though. Where, yeah, where would think, you rank it as far as his best albums? It's long. It's twenty one songs. This is probably a double album for twenty twenty. Yeah. But so Dark Sky Paradise was my favorite before this one. Um, I felt like that one was just that was where he hit his peak. Um, yeah. And I think this one is, if not one, is one A. I think it's right in that same vein. Um, and again, for me with Sean, it's the relatability that really resonates in his lyrics. And just, you know, he always has these like very, very well put together, well, very well placed lines that just speak to resilience and you know striving to, to you know overcoming his obstacles or whatever. Just, just, just really clever ways of putting that. Even as a lot of his songs kind of come in that in that in that vibe and that vein where it, it just gets you motivated. Like he's like a motivational rapper <laughs> in that way. I don't know. A motivational speaker turned rapper, I guess. Um, but, and I, I think he really does understand um, his sound and what he wants to represent through his sound. And, you know, it, it, it's just one of those, those good marriages where an artist kind of knows who they are artistically and you catch them in that time period when they know who they are before they lose them. So I think all artists eventually kind of lose their way a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But he knows who he is right now as an artist. Um, and like, Finally Famous a, was only nine years ago. Which you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> Finally Famous with ass, ass. And when I was literally like, what am I listening to? I know, what right? is this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's one that took a long time to grow on me. Like he took a like when he first dropped, I was just like, all right, whatever. I ain't trying to hear all this, man. Mm -hmm. You know. And over time, as he kind of matured in his content, like he just again, he just kind of slowly kept like hanging around, <laughs> hanging yeah. around. You know, hanging yeah. around the rotation, hanging around the rotation. I'm like, man, I actually listen to a lot of Big Sean. How does this happen? <laughs> yeah, crept up on me. Hey. Uh, he, I put him in the category of these rappers, like you said, has has figured out 
who he is, and it's just like, yeah, this is fine. I don't need to be anything else. I could be this. And my fans know me for this, and, I, and I, they'll meet me here, and they'll come back, yes. you know, religiously. Like, this idea, oh, I have to evolve. Like, no, you can, you can kind of, and so I put, like, Rick Ross in this category. Yes. Like, he knows exactly yep. who he is. Pusha T, he knows exactly yep. who he is. He's like, I know I'm currency. 50. I'm not, yeah, yeah, is like, I'm, I'm not changing anything. I'm just yeah. going to make hits that you've pretty much been listening to for a decade, but you're still like, oh, there's a new X, Y, Z. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it. So I'm with you on that. that knowing who you are is, I think, really important, um, especially now when, you know, you got, like, Nas trying to figure out who he is, and you're like, man, if Nas can lose his way, <laughs> what and, else do we and all also have? because the game is so saturated. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much music out there. How are you going to differentiate yourself from the next, you know, 25-year-old who's dropping? If you if if you are trying to sound like he sounds, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to kind you got to kind of, especially as, as as a vet, you got to have an idea of just who you are to stay grounded, so that you actually are carving out your own lane and not just chasing the trend. Yep. Yeah, that reminds me actually of uh, I was laughing at a lot of the locks. Uh, Constantly throwing shots at people like y'all all trying to sound like Wayne. <laughs> it's like y'all just are all copies of like this one dude. Like so, yep. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I know they've been me wanting to say that for a long time. They're like, really? Yeah. Another that's, that's, dude. That's, that's I'm been supposed to act up. like since Yeah, I'm supposed to act like this dude is dope when he just literally sounds like this, the last eight guys that have all just tried to sound a little Wayne. So yeah. Yeah. So albums that are coming up. Um, you know, you got Cardi B uh, with the album on deck after breaking the internet for a day and a half. Man, <laughs> for man, a week. For, and it looks like now she's going back and forth with Candace Owens, uh, which is just, a, how did you two find each other? <laughs> God bless the pandemic. People are really bored, man. They in their house. Well, well, there's nothing I'm else to tell do. You. I'm pop telling off. you. Sure. Candace Owens, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, homie. Hey, it's a it's an election year. Anything goes. Anything goes to get the people's attention, man. Yep. Yeah. So Cardi B, I'm curious to see if she can again put together. You know, it was a surprise last time, but now I think the bar's been raised, and so now people are going to be expecting to see a legit good album. And uh, I'll be curious to see if she can do that. Um, there's a whole lot of like. Oh yeah, it's like Busta Rhymes album supposed to have come out sometime this year. I was like, is this album coming out? I can't watch another Instagram video of like my favorite producer rapping. I was like, yo, I just got out of the studio. Yo, this Busta Rhymes album is insane. And I'm like, when is he releasing it? I need to hear right. it. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see y'all reaction to listening to the Busta album. I want to hear the Busta album. Otherwise, I, I'm, I'm getting the the the. Uh, the detox, the detox vibe. Vibe, like, yeah. this thing is never happening for some reason. So, yeah, and Bust ain't got that many years to be waiting. <laughs> I was like, come on, let's. If you're not gonna do it now, I don't know when else you're gonna do it. Like, people are just waiting for for music, and I think Busted. If it's good, it's then let let it. Hey, is he waiting? To, is he trying to time the market? I don't know. In any case, um, I know he's maybe fourth quarter. He's gonna try to do something. 
Yeah, and Buster's got to realize that people checking for him is going to check for him. It, it, it's not like he's going to catch anybody on convenience. <laughs> like yeah. somebody's going to stumble into a Buster. If you found Buster, if you find Buster Rhymes album, you was looking for it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like the people that are going to find your album, bro, they was looking for it. They was waiting. Yep. Um, you know. So, Two Chains. Um, he's another one that again, I, I enjoy. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't hide my Two Chains uh, appreciation. Um, I enjoy some Two Chains um, when it, when when he's when he's locked in. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, you get the Two Chains again, like you said earlier, where he'll just kind of mumble through <laughs> a verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, say so. You know, drop a Louis Vuitton reference and keep it moving. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I have enjoyed his last couple of albums, um, you know, uh, quite a bit. So I look forward to, to what he's got in store for us coming up. I'll, I'll let you tell me. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna text you. Like, is, should I listen to this or no? Please <laughs> do. I, 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 will give, I will give you. I will give you straight no chases. All right. All right. Because I, I can't yes. do a bad two chains album. Life is too short. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Um, and then we got Drake uh, on the docket, and I and, and I do have a feeling we might sneak in to get a Kendrick project at some point before the fourth quarter is over. Um, that brother is like, he's like twelve months to do, man. That baby need to come on. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's real quiet, like quiet on every. He's not even really on a lot of features. I was like, I, what what's he doing? So I, right. I hope it's an album. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, obviously that that'll be something that I have to clear the deck. Yeah, I haven't heard any rumblings. I'm just feeling like, I'm just feeling like, what you been doing? Yeah, <laughs> you ain't no, been I doing. Hear, so I yeah, I, I did hear. Uh, oh, he he slayed. He's work. He's in album mode. He's. I'm like, okay, all right, sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, I got home. My him and Drake are both supposed to be work, quote unquote working on stuff, but who knows when it'll come. Drake's always, I don't know, talented, very talented. Again, he falls into that vein of, like, I will not deny his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and again, he'll have a joint that'll hit me. But as far as, like, his whole project, again, since, you know, like, he had, I think he had his, like, second, third album, he was locked in, and he he, he had, like, that balance of yeah. not being too singy, still giving you some good bars and some joints that, you know, get you pumped and are just good displays of hip-hop lyricism. And, and now I think he just, I don't know, he leans on his tricks too much. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I've, this is one of the, and Drake is not, Drake might actually be waiting for the quarantine to finish because this is a dude that definitely needs atmosphere. And so yes. he's like, am I going to drop? just an album that people are going to have to listen to by themselves at home. That's probably yeah. not going to go over well. I need, I need one that deb- debuts at live on labor day, you know, like that's yes. his vibe. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's waiting until. Yes. He needs community. Like, yeah, he needs community. Um, you know, like again, his last, I mean, I can't even remember the one song with the dance to it. Um, you know, Kiki, the whole oh, yeah. Kiki, like that, mm-hmm. that was a, that was like a, a like I, I remember listening to that song and I was like, all right. But again, I work in a high school and after like two months of hearing that, you're kind of like, all right, I get it. It's a good song. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you, you see where you see where the song fits in the life. 
right? Yep. It doesn't fit into my life, but I see where it fits into life, and I get I get it now. I get the I get the thing with this song now, and so or like we were talking about um, nice for what and how like yes I understand this song now. I get I see where this fits in, um, but yeah I don't know if there are gonna be too many young ladies pre gaming um, <laughs> right now. Exactly. They shouldn't be at least. Um, exactly. So I don't know how he's gonna he's gonna you know. He makes music for certain moments, um, and those moments may not be my moments, but they're somebody's moments. <laughs> but people ain't having those moments. This is this is a real thing for someone like Drake, whose music is what it is because it's tied to. I'm getting ready. I'm going out. I'm at you know the game. I'm at you know at, at the finals. I'm at All Star Weekend. Like those, that's where Drake moments are, and those yeah. those moments don't exist anymore. At least for you know Correct. temporarily, and so I you know, so we'll see. But needless to say, we'll both be texting each other like, "You heard that Drake? What you think? Is it worth it or <laughs> yeah, should I do?" We definitely <laughs> will. We definitely will. We for sure will. All right. Versus the phenomena, Patty and Gladys. This one was a surprise for me. Um, it was kind of out the blue. Yeah, I thought it was like, nah, I'm being tr- y'all trolling me. This ain't this ain't really happening. Like, nah, it's happening. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, this is going to break the internet literally. So, as much as I'm looking forward to this, I'm telling you right now, too many daggone people are gonna try to log on and watch this, and there is no server that's ready for it. So, that being said. <laughs> I'm just going to have to watch it on YouTube the next day because I'm not going to fight. Like, my wife is already like, oh, Monday night, we got to clear it. I'm like, you know, we're going to be, oh, we dropped. Oh, people, it's too, I was like, it's going to happen. I'm calling it now. But that said, incredible, historic. I think people are sleeping on Gladys's, Gladys Knight's uh, catalog. Yes, I think catalog. I was like, uh, she don't got the pipes that Patty's got, but she's got the hits. So yes, yes she does. Yes she does. And I think Patty's got like some some like Patty's got those like Saturday morning your mama played them jams. Mhm. Right? <laughs> Cleaning mm-hmm. up the house. That's mm-hmm. where you learn Patty. Gladys had the radio songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Gladys like had this the was in a movie. Was radio. Yeah. Name your favorite like, yeah. movie that was set in yes. that time. Gladys Knight was in it. So yeah. it's going to remind you of every single movie or show you've seen from that time period. Yep. So, you're, going to have, you're going to have so many connections to Gladys' music that you didn't know you had. And that's yeah. really the beauty of Versus. Exactly. Is that exactly. It's like a time machine. You know, it's like, it's like getting in the time machine. And it's, like you talked about, the context and the moment, it takes you right back to that place, that time, that moment when you – that vibe, that energy that that song represented for you when you were however many years old. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's, it's just like a, it is really like a, a, a time traveling machine. Uh, and you, it's like a communal time travel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think, I think that's what hip hop misses today is there are certain things that like, you can you know where you were when you heard this song for the first time. Like yeah. when Nas dropped when when I the first time I heard one mic by Nas, I mm. I remember I, I put in this album, going through track by track, listening to it, and one mic came on, I paused, I 
call my boys. I said, y'all need to get over here right now. I said, nah, y'all need to hear this song. Like, it is crazy, right? Or, you know, when uh, Notorious Thug, I remember being in the hallway at high school. Boy, my guy had it in the tape deck. He was like, yo, mm-hmm. man, Bone and B.I.G. on a song together. You got to hear this. It is crazy. You know what I mean? And so, like, you don't have those collective moments anymore because things just come out. You know what I mean? And they're just out there. And they're so there's access. And and so, like, this takes us back, and it's like a communal collective moment to have together. And we need that. We as a people, we need that. No, it's true. Um, and I, so I was looking at kind of – so they've done – They've done eight, nineteen of these things, which I didn't realize they've yeah. done that many. Um, We've been in quarantine it, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, seriously, the first one was March twenty fourth, so it kind of turned on uh, the T Pain, Lil John, and you know, like up until that point, there were you know like eighty, ninety thousand. Uh, the Manny Fresh joint got to like one hundred fifty with for Scott Storage. But then it was like T-Pain and Lil Jon hit 270, and then right after that was RZA versus Premier, which we talked about back in April, and that hit 850. You know Monica and Brandy hit 1.2 million wow. live viewers on Instagram? That's why I'm wow. like, Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle, they're going to double that number. And I, yeah. I, so, you know, I hope the powers that be have that figured out. But it's been... And, you know, now they're reaching out. They did the Kurt Franklin, Fred Hammond. They did Alicia Keys, John Legend, which mm-hmm. I did not watch. And, uh, you know, some other ones. <laughs> the Rick Ross 2 Chains, I had to watch that one live with my boys just because we just had to watch that because it was a spectacle. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. At some point, my wife came over. She was like, what are you watching? I was like, this is a versus. I promise you. <laughs> the versus is when they put the chicks out there dancing. And she was like, Wait, what's happening here? I'm like, uh, yeah. Trust me, this is yeah. So the one, I, so you thought you talked about like one that I think would be big. There's one that's out there that I think would be just huge. Because um, sure. I think with these, you want to try and like either you want to like capture capture a, a generational era um, with two artists who were kind of like at their height around the same time. Um, the other thing I think is you want to like try and capture, like, again, like I think the Gladys and Patty thing, like I think Gladys got Patty in about some years, um, as far as just like being in the game and her catalog and age wise. Um, but they, they operate in that same vein. Like they, they, they're in that same lineage of one another. I think tribe versus outcast breaks the internet. Hmm. Like I think that one, is, I think that one would be huge. Um, I don't know if you can get all the personalities together, but Tribe's catalog is undisputed. Cash catalog is undisputed, and I think you catch two of the most seminal hip hop groups and kind of like the the left the center, um, non hardcore kind of hip hop groups, more eccentric vibe type dudes. Um, you get all of those dudes rushing in. Um, you also get the New York versus the South kind of vibe to it. Yep. Um, yep. I think that would be, and, and again, just get people to see Andre, <laughs> yeah. get Andre out of the woodworks, and you, know, you got big personalities and Big Boy and Tip and 
and, and Andre, and, you know, I just think that would be crazy. Um, so how are you getting around be, how are you getting around no fife? <laughs> I I think I think I think you do it in memory uh in memory of fife. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. I think I think you, you honor fife's memory and just you know, and I think and you know, our people are great at great at uh honoring our ancestors. Um and so, so we do you know, a, I'm just wondering if you were thinking like hologram, fife <laughs> like uh, in the room Why or something? Uh, how, no, okay, okay. I think that might be a little creepy, but maybe, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, go, go. I wouldn't go go that far, but you know, I, I do think like that would be just super dope to have, you know, two of the to just honor like some of the, two of the best groups duos, um, yeah. you know, to ever step in front of a mic, I think that would be super dope. So I, I, that was one that I immediately thought of, um, and that came to mind. The other one that I don't know if this is a great match, I just think it would be super interesting to get these two dudes on together, and that's Cube versus KRS. Mm, I don't know I've if been, Cube I've been trying has... to figure out who a, who a good KRS matchup would be. Cube is probably good. Um there's a you know the, a difference obviously there. They peaked at different times, but there was enough of an overlap. Like that late '80s, yeah. You know, KRS was still kind of kicking around and would st- could still command an audience. And you know, Ice Cube just was like a rocket ship, right? Like just took over yeah. all of hip hop, you know. And so hearing them go, and then the other part is like. Well, this would be the interesting part because they're both very different types of dudes right now. So like yes. Ice Cube is <laughs> Ice Cube is like I'm a businessman, I'm a movie star, you know, he's straight commercial. And yes. KRS is like I'm building a underground monument to the science of hip hop mysticism. You know, like he yes. he's like a total opposite. And, so, so just, and, and there's that conflict, right? And then there's that conflict within it that I think is like you have both brilliant brothers who are both very conscious um, of our history, our lineage, our ancestral power, and the, and the strength that we draw from the folks that came before us. But they've both taken it and gone in very different directions. Um, and getting them you back did, together. You saw yeah. when uh uh Fat Joe was interviewing KRS and he was like what what about LL and KRS was like I I don't know if LL could hang with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You know, you know what? We don't need KRS doing a versus because KRS is going to look at it as like, yo, we're battling. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, this is a yes, rap he is. battle. He's very I'm much, going to freestyle and try to eviscerate. Like, that's not what this is about, Chris. Like, we're celebrating the culture. We're sharing stories. Like, nah, nah, nah. I just wrote this up yesterday about something, something. I'm like, oh, boy. So he could never be in a versus just because I don't think he'd know how to act. But <laughs> I, I'm with you. It would It would be great. And the best part of these, obviously, is always, like, they 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 end up that you end up seeing them having these links that you never knew existed. Like yeah. oh remember that time we were both hanging out at so and so and you're like oh you guys hung out like I didn't I didn't like I didn't know Premier and RZA 
had like such a a, a bunch of overlapping interests and in t- you know, and it makes sense obviously, but I was just like, oh, I, I just never thought of them kind of running in similar circles, but of course they did. And so I'm sure right. we'd have a lot of that with Cube and KRS, where they have tons of overlapping relationships and interests and, and perspectives of the same thing, and seeing them just talk about that would be great. Um, yeah. and, and and I think what is also uh, like a, a great window into just the, the the process, and again that communal history is just hearing like. RZA talk about his reaction when a certain Primo song dropped and yeah. Primo talking yeah. about when you dropped that, I was like, oh, snap, I need to get my shit together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And so just like hearing that and being like, okay, so you had that reaction too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. man, like you heard that and you, were, you, you bugged out. And you're yeah. you though, right? You're Primo yeah. and you still bugged out when you heard that. Like, it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I would love to know what what KRS was thinking when he first heard Straight Outta Compton? Like, when he heard it, what, what was his react? Did he just flip, like, this is incredible. This is the most incredible thing. I got to write 900 rap. Or was he kind of like, huh, this is interesting. You know, like, I, I would love to hear that. Um, yeah. I think that's a good one. I, I, I really want Cube to do one because Cube is, you know, in my view, someone who um, has, like, the longevity. And his career, even though, you know, it's gone – He's not a rapper anymore. Even into the 2000s, he was still creating mm-hmm. music that people listen to. Yeah. It's like, if you think he had a 15, 16 year run where he was somebody you, you just had to go, like he was the West. You know, he was West Coast. So yep. there's not that too many folks. I was thinking for him, you know, who would be a good matchup. I actually was thinking about Busta Rhymes. Okay. Talking I about this. Because Busta also has the group going solo, having a solo career, you know, having a bunch of other things kind of happening. If anything, Busta's actually been better for longer. I, I yeah. don't know if there's a rapper that's been as good as long as Busta. This is the other thing I had to think about, long and hard. I was like, has anyone been legitimately good as long as Busta Rhymes has been? From Leaders in the New School, which was 90, yeah, I mean, Bus is pushing 91. like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's so, crazy. So someone like him with, with Cube I think would be great. Or with LL, maybe LL is, is someone, though. When, when, does his, when does his catalog really end? When did he kind of say, like, right. all right, I'm done? I'd probably say, yeah, I, w- I would say around 2010, he kind of just, like, hung him up for real, for real. So and LL's got got a got a good a good base of again LL is like the the uh, the patient zero Drake you know what I mean where it's just like his is a lot about vibe and where you were when you heard it and you know being around other folks and you know he definitely has the joints for the ladies um, and so you'll there, there'll be that nostalgic piece of hearing him you know run through his catalog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. And they both have a bunch of, uh, that's the thing with LL too. He has a lot of features. Q too. The features, yep. the features are always what gets you. Yeah. Um, Cause like, you forget, oh, forgot you forget. Oh yeah. He was on that too. 
Because you but get all the albums. Oh, okay, like, okay, yeah. You start, yeah, out, you start bouncing it out and predicting, okay, like, okay, I got I got 17 bangers over here. I got 16. I'm going to give it to so-and-so. And then you're like, oh, but he was on that. He was on yeah. that remix or, or whatever. And then you start really, you really start getting your feelings in because you're like, oh, I remember that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That that was how yeah. uh, when RZA played uh, "Long Kiss," that yeah. one was like a gut. I was like, "Oh, I forgot RZA did a track with yeah. Biggie." Like I completely yep. forgotten that, and how much I loved that track, and how it was this perfect blend of Biggie and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." So like those kind of moments are what make the verses really good. Um, I I don't know what they're gonna do. They they keep kind of like floating these things up, and then this these other ones kind of come. I'm worried that they might be trying to go kind of uh, bigger and wider, which I, I'm not mad at them there. This is an enterprise. They're obviously trying to make some money off of it. But, like, you know, we're going to get a lot of R&B battles. And how long until we have the uh, the, 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 the uh, breakdance break battle? I, you know, I was like, I, I can just see this going in a bunch of ways that make me less excited about Versus. But while it's here, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and that's how everything goes for us. We start doing it, and then the white folks are like, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> oh, we can, can we do it too? Can we do that too? Can we do Fallout Boy versus uh, Maroon 5 versus? Like, no. If no, you want to do your own platform, <laughs> get your own platform. You go over there. And they'll be like, oh, we there. have a platform. It's called CBS. <laughs> Just right. be on CBS. We're like, damn. <laughs> We have man, a they got eight. They got eight point five million live <laughs> viewers. Man, that's uh, yeah. I guess they did that. They did that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess they uh, got us again. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, yeah, I, I will make sure to check in with you about Patty and Gladys if if I'm able to actually see it on the day of. And you know, that's that's just such a great time to be on social media. Social media is really going to be the death of modern civilization. But during these verses, when people are just all, like you said, communally enjoying and talking and discussing, I'm really like, all right, I'm actually going to get on Facebook this evening because i got to talk to people about this. I told my wife, I was like, when these things happen, it's like all of the top-tier class clowns of the last 30 years gather (laughs) and just entertain us. Yeah. It's impressive. you get... You get all of the top tier class clouds. The the cat they just kept you rolling at the back of the class. Mm-hmm. And you gather all of them up and they are gonna entertain us along with <laughs> using this this versus battle as their source material. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to entertain us along with whatever happens here. And whatever happens here, they're gonna make it funnier. They're gonna make it that much more entertaining. Like it is it is the most Interesting phenomenon ever because it it just <laughs> it doesn't matter how the versus battle goes it can go terribly it's still that's gonna even, be it funny. gets even better yeah that's even better when yes. it's bad <laughs> yes if it goes what, bad are they making, like the Teddy Riley are they making money off of this in, uh... I have not figured out how that's working yet I don't know how they've monetized it yet yeah. Yeah. I know for the artists it is. Um, it the is, streaming, the streaming bump. Yeah, the, the, the streaming bump. Yeah, the streaming bump is real, um, and I think that is 
that is a selling point to artists. I don't know if they got to deal with uh, if um, Timbo and, and Swiss got to deal with uh, Instagram to keep it on their platform. And I, and I imagine that's probably how they're um, trying to monetize this um, is working yeah. through Instagram in that way. Um, because if they if they took this somewhere else, I mean this this is like a, a NBA NFL TV rights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you could start a little bidding war. You open yourself up. Um, I was thinking. Right, I, right. I don't want to get. Yeah, I don't want to get too much inside baseball, but it's like for them to monetize it, who owns the rights to the music then becomes important. And you have the artist, but, you know, a lot of times the artists don't own it. But now you're playing that game. So this is why it makes sense for Columbia and, you know, Tidal, whoever to kind of come together and be like, all right, almost like Hulu. Right, where they were like, look, right. we all own this content, but we know people want it streaming. Let's all just do a profit share. So if you can get Sony and, and, Univers- and all these guys to come together, then you could have, like, it would be legit, and then it would be monetized the hell out of it. You know, there'd be commercial breaks. Yeah. And everyone would be wearing Ciroc headbands and <laughs> whatnot. But uh, yeah. that's probably where this thing goes, but they're going to have to work out all those rights because right now I think Correct. the reason they're they're like oh we do Instagram is because we can't really sell it so right we'll see, man. yeah yeah well this has been great man I always appreciate taking some time and just chopping it up with you man um, it's been too long don't you have nothing to do I don't I don't know I'm like why haven't we been taping pods we're literally home every day I know so like, let's, yeah let's take advantage of this <laughs> let's we gotta let's, let's not let that. another uh, another four months go. I, especially if we end up getting one of these uh, fourth quarter drops, and then for the finals, maybe we can have a uh, circle back. And when yeah, the next let's, uh, let's, at least try to get let's at least try to get a little monthly deal going. Sounds good. All right, bro. Peace. Peace.